a quote from the legendary Major Rusty Bradley, author of Lines of Kandahar and Special Forces legend. Quote, I've had the pleasure of serving with several Texans, and they were all born fighters. It must be something in the water down there. End quote. Sergeant First Class Riley Stevens, every bit a true Texan, was raised in the sleepy farming town of Toller, Texas, about 45 minutes south of Fort Worth. Places like Toller are only further proof that some of our nation's most elite warriors come from those towns barely discernible on a map. Places that we might mention with the inevitable follow-up question of, where is that? U.S. Army Air School, U.S. Army Airborne School, Warrior Leaders Course, Advanced Leaders Course, the Survival, Evasion, Resistance, and Escape Course, Hostage Negotiation Course, Advanced Cardiac Life Support Course, Emergency Medical Technician Ambulance Course, Special Forces Advanced Urban Combat Course, Special Operations Target Interdiction Course, USASOC Jumpmaster Course, the Special Forces Intelligence Sergeant Course, U.S. Army Ranger School, and the Special Forces Qualification Course. Six deployments in a sterling career uh, before, 12 years in, before even going Special Forces selection. Sergeant First Class Riley Stevens, a true legend of the Special Operations community. Some of his life depicted in the epic novel Lines of Kandahar by the aforementioned Rusty Bradley. Sergeant First Class Stevens took his last stand on September 28, 2012, providing covering fire for his unit in Wardak Province, Afghanistan. All the words I've spoken about Riley and an incredible career as a Special Forces Medical Sergeant pale in comparison, though, to the memories of a father who witnessed his son's very first steps and supported him through his most painful tribulations as a Special Operations Warrior. Those words that you'll hear in this podcast are powerful and strong and may require a moment to take and think and contemplate about what it would truly be like to experience loss on that level. Mick Stevens might have been Riley's father, but he was also his closest friend. And on that day in September, Mick experienced one of the greatest tragedies that can possibly befall a father. He lost his firstborn. Here he is with an education on loss and grieving. Mick Stevens. The Veterans Project is a comprehensive essay capturing the legacies of our warfighters, caregivers, and civilians who have stepped forward in defense of our patriotic principles in an effort to capture their stories and to never forget the staggering sacrifices of our nation's finest. This is the Veterans Project podcast, where our legacies are the mission. Here's your host, Tim Kay. My name is Tim Kay, and I will be your host. This is the Veterans Project Podcast. We're here to honor a great American. Uh, Riley Stevens was killed in Afghanistan about seven years ago. We've got his father here with us today. It's an honor, sir. Thank you for being here. Mick, thank you. No, thank y'all for telling his story. No, we're well. We're gonna have you tell his story. So, <laughs> and one day you will tell his story. Yes, yes, sir. Absolutely, yes, sir. absolutely. So, Mick, um, 
tell us a little bit, you know, we like to backtrack throughout this podcast to kind of talk about, you know, the beginning days and where you came from and, and all that. So tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from. Well, I came here uh, from originally from Michigan, and uh, I came here in 76, and uh, we were uh, out of work in Michigan, and uh, they wanted to put us on welfare, and we knew there was a better place to be, and the good Lord sent us to Texas. <laughs> and uh, so we have, that we've been here ever since, and we, as in uh, Joanne, has my wife, she's been here just on a different parallel here we uh we're all she came from arizona and i came from michigan and moved to beautiful toller texas moved to beautiful toller texas Uh we came here uh first i was in glenrose okay and uh that's a that was a good place to end up because it was uh, one of the most rowdiest places in texas and you're a rowdy guy (laughs) and uh, we were right yeah (laughs) and uh so when i left michigan it uh it just wasn't any different because in Michigan it was, we're still just good old boys, and um, there you you got along, you could fight, and you bought the beer, and you didn't shoot anybody. And when I ended up in Glenrose, uh, mm-hmm. it was just like nothing changed yeah. except they had work. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, spoken spoken like a true special forces father's <laughs> speech, <laughs> and, and that is it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what did you? So why did you move here? You moved here to. For work, I had uh, worked uh, for electrical company at the at Midland, Michigan, okay. and they had a nuclear plant that had just started. Okay, and uh, they closed it down. And a few of the guys that were there told me about Brown and Root, mm. and they said, you know, it's just starting up, and it's not out of the ground yet, and they're going to be hiring. Mm. And uh, I jumped in my Chevy, me and several others, my brother, which he still lives in Texas with us. And um, so we we made it here, and uh, mostly everybody else left. Three of us stayed, and the rest is history. Uh, We got here, and we had to work for a year before the plant opened up. And so we dug cedar trees and hauled hay and drank and got to know all the locals and uh, uh they accepted us i got here my hair was down to my shoulders and <laughs> uh you know it wasn't a week later i had a buzz cut mm-hmm. uh you know it was just the way it was i i uh, right away i knew that where i come from didn't work yeah and so i never told them uh you know the way we did it that never come out of this yankee's mouth yeah, uh, yeah. you know it's just what do I do? <laughs> That's a smart attitude to have in Texas. Because <laughs> they won't care. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. And, uh, and they, they really accepted us. And there was a little, uh, in Glenrose, uh, Jack Cathy was a judge, and he was a wild judge, mm-hmm. young man. And uh, he, he, he took us in, and uh, I didn't know he was a judge. I had an ape frame break in the middle of Glenrose, and I thought I was going to jail because mm-hmm. I dug up their pavement and this redhead come along, and he was eating a raw potato and had a toothpick in his mouth and a salt shaker. And he asked us, uh, you know, he said, what are you doing? And I'm telling him, well, I'm sort of stuck right here now, you know. And he asked me if I, uh, he said, you need work? And I said, yep. And he said, you want a job? Said, yes, sir. And he looked at his car, and he said, do you want to sell it? It was a Chevrolet, and I'm going, oh, yeah, I'd like to sell it. Mm-hmm. He said, so this Redhead got underneath the car and took baling wire and he bailed, he wired all that stuff back up, 
gave me an address and told me to go there. And uh, he said, tomorrow morning, he said, I'll have a job for you. And that night, this old boy took the motor out of that car and put it in a truck, give me the truck, and sent me to the hay fields, me and my brothers and everybody else. And, uh, you know, wow. uh, it was just intervention right there. And, That's uh, awesome. It was three days later that we found out he was the county judge. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And uh, so the bunch of us. Weren't was, expecting that, huh? Uh, absolutely mm. not. We mm. were known as uh, Kathy's Goon Squad after that. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and we had a good time. Yeah, that's we the were, good old days of law. It, it really was. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah, Laramore, the old, good sheriff. He was a good old boy sheriff. And, mm-hmm. Sounds uh, like just, he really cared. He did. And uh, they taught us the ways of texas yeah and uh, we were willing to learn that's awesome so how much longer was it before riley came along well he was uh you know as soon as we got settled i had brought him here he was what three years old okay and uh so he was a texan i mean that's everybody well he's born in michigan then his guys used to jack but uh, he was definitely a texan (laughs) and uh a- absolutely yeah and uh, his brother was born here and so his brother got that on him mm, yeah but uh, uh riley loved texas and he loved everything about texas now obviously we're talking about riley stevens who's third special forces group um an incredible warrior a uh, man who lost his life in afghanistan fighting bravely uh so that we could enjoy the privileges and liberties that we enjoy at home and we're very thankful for that. I, as a veteran, am very thankful for men like Riley, Green Berets, the, the ultimate warriors uh, who go out there on the battlefield and, and do it at the highest level. So men like Riley are incredible. And, and so that's why I really want to get the background of, you know, where he grew up. And if you could kind of talk about him and what it was like raising him. Yeah, uh, it was right after that uh, uh, I've become a manager over at the – the local bar is a country club, they called it, but it was a big honky-tonk. And mm-hmm. so Riley and I was, uh, yeah, it was it, that's pretty well how him and I started. And uh, so it was him and I, and we had the bar. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, when after two, two and a half years, I was tired of the drunks. And so I moved to Toler. Okay. And I had married uh, a gal. And uh, so we moved to Toler. And... Um, Toller accepted us. The Janice's mother, Charlene, was a was a awesome, awesome person, mm-hmm. and uh, she taught. I guess she taught both of us a lot of values. Yeah, and uh, you know, I just I, I always mention Charlene because that was his his mama, and uh, she was a was, she was an awesome person. Yeah, and she was hardcore. Yeah, she. She didn't take slack for nothing. I bet not. <laughs> and so, you know, so we were, Riley was raised by, uh, by Toller. Okay. And uh, there's just good people here. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, at about the age of eight years old, him and Leanne, Joanne, my wife's daughter, they got together and they, they she got them into horses and, uh, and all of that helped. And Riley was always a soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riley, when he was five years old, he set up battlefields. You know, I bought him army men, and uh, and he was always at the top. Uh, no matter what, Riley was he was at the top, and he never lost. Yeah. And uh, it was he knew what he wanted to be, yeah. and it was a soldier, and he wanted to be a badass soldier, <laughs> and he did. What do you remember about him the most as a kid? What, what was his spirit like? You know, how was he as a as a kid? Well, he was um, pretty hard headed. 
And uh, the, you know, he, everything he'd done, he never wanted to lose. Yeah. He'd done whatever it took from time he was five, six. Whatever, whatever that uh, he had to do, he did to win whatever he was doing. Mm. And at games, if he couldn't win, he'd throw the board. <laughs> and it was over. Yeah, you know he didn't want to play no more. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it, it was. Uh, and you know he loved hunting. He, uh, you know, he was a sportsman. He loved outdoors. He, he, and sounds like a true Texan. And and he was. Yeah, he was. He was true Texan. Yeah. Do you have any funny memories of Riley, like when he was young in particular that you remember of him, you know, in middle school or high school? Any ones that you can tell? (laughs) (laughs) Anything that you really remember specifically about him, you know, back in high school or? Oh, well, yeah, there was a Coke machine, uh, one of the little deals, uh, but he was was probably 14 then. And uh, I get a a call and so... uh, they call me and, and Riley's in, he's in the emergency. So, you know, of course I go in and his ankle, it blew out, it blew out his ankle, the big old hole in his ankle. Oh, wow. Good guy. It's Riley. You know, what was you doing? And he didn't lie very well. <laughs> and he's going, uh, uh, we were lifting weights. And I, okay. And he said, the weight fell off and it fell on my foot. I'm going, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, and all the boys, all the football teams go, yep, yeah, 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 that's what's happened. Mm-hmm. This and is already sounding a little suspect. Yeah, yeah. and I'm yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, and through it all, though, you know, it started rotting inside, you know, it was oh, so geez. deep. Wow. And even then, Riley, uh, the doctor told him, he said, here, he says, here's the brush. He says, you got to take this brush and you got to scrub the inside of that out every day. Mm. And Riley said, all right. And he, I couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, I, I just... Riley, he'd take that brush every day, and he'd reach inside that wound, and he'd just scratch it all out and clean it, and he'd, he was all about it. Wow. And uh, so and about two weeks later, finally, he come to me, and Dad, he said, man, he says, I got to tell you. I said, <laughs> yeah. I said, so what are you telling me? He says, you know, we were trying to get a free Coke. Mm-hmm. I'm going, a free Coke? He says, yeah, if you tip the soda machine over. He says, you, you get a little drop of Coke out of it. Mm. And he says, so me and the team, we had the Coke machine lifted up, shaking it, getting the Cokes out. And he said, that's what fell on my foot. And, you know, lies, that's about his biggest one. And uh, he couldn't, he couldn't, he just. He couldn't even hold on to that he one. Could, he couldn't hold on. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he, now, I'm not saying that he couldn't tell stories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he had a lot of stories, but yeah. uh, he just. There's a difference. Yeah. yeah. He just couldn't lie to me. Yeah. You know, and uh, that, and that held true, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, from, from then on. And, and he played ball. He was center and young guard. And I mean, he was. Uh, he was as much of a football player as he was a soldier. Um, you know, they teams used to keep the quarterbacks out when they played Toller because Riley would take them out. Really? And they'd be done for the season. Wow. And so he was we, mean on that field. He, he was mean. And yeah. uh, he, he, he was. He was, um, he, he played, he played ball like he, he was in war. I mean, mm-hmm. he was definitely. Yeah. What do you remember about his, uh, decision to join the army? How did that come about? Well, the really it came about. He was wanting to be in the army anyway, mm-hmm. but um, we had a restaurant, 
and he wasn't too much in working in the restaurant. Yeah. And he was 17. Yeah. And he was soon to be 18. He had already graduated, so he graduated. He was salutatorian. He had a, he had a photographic memory. And mm-hmm. so all through school, he aced everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he, he really didn't have an idea what he wanted to do yet. And so we had him washing dishes at the restaurant. That was not ideal for Riley. Yeah. And uh, so... Green Beret not happy with satisfying washing dishes. Imagine, imagine that. <laughs> and so one day the uh, it was the it was the joke because one of the waitresses was screaming at him about needing more silverware, and you know he I don't know what you say language on here, but uh, <laughs> you know he, you can always bleep it out. There you go. But he said in in nicer terms, you know, he told her, hey, you know, screw you and your. Uh, silverware. Yeah. He threw everything down. Uh, I turned around, fired him, <laughs> and Joanne. She she turned around. She called the recruiter. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, so the recruiter came up, and uh, they hadn't talked ten minutes. Yeah. And uh, Riley was turning eighteen at that time, and the recruiter's good. You know, mm. we'll we will do this. Mm. And uh, so Riley went in and. He excelled from then on. He left for Alaska soon after that, yeah, he, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah but did he know that he wanted to be Special Forces at the time, or was he just sure that he wanted to be in he the Army? He just, really, he just wanted to be a gunner. Okay. You know, that's it's, yeah. his whole deal is he just wanted to be behind the big gun. Yeah, right. And uh, once he got into Alaska, uh, the the togetherness in Alaska, well, and, well before also, I, let me back up. <clears throat> and he was also an EMT uh, at 17. Oh, okay. I did not yeah, know that. He was, yeah, he was the total EMT. Oh, wow. Legal, I don't know, but they, they <laughs> definitely used him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And his first, his, his first tragedy that we figured out he could handle, uh, a baby died in his arms from Lipan. Mm. They went and they tried to save a baby, and uh, that shook him up pretty good, but he, he, and he, he remained, and he was their volunteer fire department. He was in there. They got a... Uh, engine dedicated to him. Wow! At Toller, mm. and uh, is it down there at that station now? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've seen that station R- before. Right, yeah. and it's it, it's got his, the uh, ODA on it and cool. his wow. name, and uh, they done real well by him. Yeah. And uh, so, but it was right after that, on the corner where we live, uh, a car pulled in front of a truck, hmm. and um, a little girl fell, went out the back window. The truck hit her. Wow. Another truck hitters, you know, pretty traumatic. Yeah. And uh, Riley was about the first on the scene, and it was right by us, so I was right there. And, and so he, he took the little girl in his arms and let her pass away in his arms. Mm. Wow. And he knew she was going to die. And so he didn't try anything extra. All he did was hold her. Yeah. And so there goes his, you know, the medical part, and that he, he really wanted to be in that type of a situation. Yeah. Do you think like being, you know, him being an EMT, obviously he was already interested in the medical side, but do you think that kind of that occurrence, that tragedy right there kind of I, I, propelled him? Yes. Into that? I'm, I'm yeah. real sure of it. Yeah. And even though we went in, all he wanted to do is shoot the gun. Yeah. You know, but he, they done the test that they do and et cetera, et cetera. Well, they come back and they said, you know, you're definitely not going to just remain behind a gun. Yeah. You know, and so through Alaska, he was there two different uh, years. Mm-hmm. And this 
it was so close in Alaska. He always talked about how everybody was his, his uh, you know, they were always so close, mm-hmm. and that everything they'd done was together. Yeah. Well, then he left Alaska and he went Fort Campbell. Well, okay. Fort Campbell was not to him was not that way. Yeah. And so he went back to Alaska, and he stayed a few months after that in Alaska, and then he went into it, selection and. You know, they way become a ranger and he become, you know, I mean, he went to brag and I I don't know uh, as much as I should of uh, the names and the terms and et cetera. But, you know, he, after being a ranger, he got in selection Mm -hmm. and, but then he knew when he knew he left, he was in Alaska the second time, he knew he needed something. Yeah. And uh, the rangers. Yeah. Then from rangers, of course, he knew he needed to be the best. Yeah. And so that's where he worked real hard at it. Did he Did he talk to you about selection at all and going through that? Yeah, or? he did. Yeah. Yeah, of course, I, I couldn't, you know, Dad, you can't tell anything I'm right. telling yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah I, How do you feel about it, though, the, the process? Uh, you? you know, he said he, uh, well, uh, you know, I don't even know if I should say what, uh, but through selection at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said when they took that hood off in his head and he seen that U.S. flag, mm-hmm. he knew that that was where he was supposed to be and what he was supposed to do. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, he, the flag. Uh, mm. He always thought a lot of the flag, but he's never liked the, the, that moment. He, right. he always talked about that, that uh, at that moment when they took that hood off. Yeah. And I don't know if that's supposed to be out there or not. Ah, you'll be fine, yeah. But, uh, you know, when they took that hood off, that moment that he knew that um, he was going to be one of the best, the yeah. Green Beret. That's cool. You know, he, he and he didn't just want to be a Green Beret. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be one of the best Green Beret. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Which he turned, yeah. you know, he's an old man. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he, and he Sounds like that. he made it. Yeah. yeah, yes, he did. Yeah. What do you remember about when he got to his teams? Did he? Yeah, you guys talked often. I mean, that's yeah. one of the cornerstones of that I've noticed about you and you know our discussions over the past couple of days is that you and Riley got along extremely well and you talked a lot. So you know, what do you remember about when he first got to the teams and you know? Well, he he talked about how close the team and that. Uh, well, you know, really one of the when he got on his first team and he realized what he was. He told me, he says, Dad, he said, don't take this the wrong way. Mm-hmm. He said, but, you know, you're like 13, 14th, he said, in the peck in the, in the ladder. Mm-hmm. Because he said, my team, he said, it's all about my team. Yeah. And he said, you know, when I uh, go to war with my team, he said, no matter if we're home, he said, the team has my back. And he said, I have theirs. And he said, you got to know that I love you unconditionally. Mm-hmm. He said, but in the pecking order, he says, you got to know that you're below that. Yeah. He said, because they're my team. Yeah. And I got it. Yeah. You know, and when your son's going to war, that's how you want it. Right. Yeah. You and want I, to feel that way? Yes, I had no no problem at all. Now his wives weren't so happy with that. Yeah, you know, but because <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't rate as high as I was. Yeah, right. So, and and then we got some awesome, awesome 
daughter-in-laws and, yeah. and daughters and, and mm -hmm. that we can't take away from him. But that's how Riley was. Mm -hmm. uh, his team was everything. Yeah. What did you remember him coming home in between tours and what that was like, you know, in the time that he came home? Did, did he seem different when he'd come home from his the, tours? No. Uh, you know, when the very first time he'd come home from war, you could tell that he was different. Yeah. I mean, he, they, his first tour was pretty heavy. Yeah. And uh, when he come back, but he was not, uh, you know, like sad or psycho or, you know, it was dead. You know, this is so fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, and, and he loved was, it. He loved it. Yeah. And <clears throat> after Spear on Gar in 2006, mm. um, uh, there was there was nothing like it. Yeah, and uh, and that's the battle that the book Lines of Kandahar is based right. off of, right? And yes, Riley was active in that, and and he and he was real active in it. And yeah. Bill, you know, it, they lost Bill right after that. Bill Brown, mm. and um, Bill Brown, you know, they talked about yeah. Bill and him uh, when they figured out who each other were. Mm -hmm. You know, Bill lived in White Settlement, an hour from here, and or so. But uh, they figured out Bill come here and tried to hustle his women, you know. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah we fought back then. Yeah, you know, yeah. remember the rope hole? Yeah, you know, yeah. it was uh, that type of uh, uh, of closeness. Yeah. You know? I mean, and... Uh, he talked a lot about Bill, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he loved Bill. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, um, and I talked to Bill on the phone. I never met Bill. Through all that, I, uh, I never met Bill... Yeah, face to face, but uh, I you sure. probably felt like you knew him. Oh, I did. Yeah. I talked to him a lot of drunks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was it yeah. would be right. It'd be dad. Here's Bill. Talk to Bill, and mm. I talked to Bill over mm. on their phones in Afghanistan. You know, yeah. but wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it was. Bill was his. He loved Bill. So, how many tours did Riley do? He done five official tours. Five official, yeah, and some that I'm sure we don't know about. Yeah, that's uh, he done. He was he was gone a lot a lot yeah a lot he would he would call me and because uh, we, we were we talked every night and and so he'd call me and said Dad you know I'm going hunting I'm going to be gone <laughs> don't get on Facebook and ask where I am and don't call around yeah and so I got used to that yeah and uh, so he would tell me he's going hunting mm -hmm. and. Uh, few weeks later or a month later or whatever it was, you know, he'd out of the blue, he'd call me up and you start talking like we had just hung up. Yeah. You wow. Know? Did he ever, did he ever share his struggles with you? Did he ever, you know, share his hard times or was he always pretty positive when he was on the phone with you and you guys in your discussions? I, when he lost Bill, mm, yeah. you know, that was a, that was the big one. Yeah. And um, but that I guess that was the big one. Uh, he, the night he lost Bill, he called me about two minutes after, mm -hmm. and uh, then then it was different. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Yeah, I'm sure that's tough. I can't even imagine. What was it like in those days? What was it like after that for him? Well, you know, okay, now I'm better. 
I, he just slapped me alongside the head. <laughs> he would want it that way. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're never supposed to shed a tear. You know, that, that's, that shows weakness. It seems like he's that kind of guy. <laughs> and so, uh, but also but, he'd be proud that they were yeah, shed over him. Absolutely, yeah. and Bill. Yeah. But that night when uh, he told me Bill got, you know, he, first they, he was, Bill was about two miles out. And uh, he was on his way. I mean, he just called. He said, "Dad, you know." He said, "They just ID'd Bill." Mm. He said, "I gotta go." And he, was going, and he was talking as he was going. And then, by the time they, you know, he reached him, and all Bill was gone. Mm. And um, and so, you know, he said, "Dad," he said, "I'm gonna. I gotta go." He said, "But put the phone on your chest," he says, mm. "and leave it there." Yeah. And then after that. Uh, he was pissed, yeah. and he made him pay. He made a lot of them pay. I'm sure. And he he got over. He stayed over there as long as he could, and and whenever he could, he volunteered. He wanted whatever missions, whatever. He just wanted to be in Afghanistan because he was he was hunting, and um, it took about five years, but uh, he was satisfied at the end of it. And yeah, he come back home and. And he was better. And so we, uh, and so, you know, but Bill, Bill was, uh, the, was the big part. Yeah. If anything changed, it was uh, when Bill got killed. And then he knew it was real. Uh, he always knew it was real, but then it was just so close to home. Yeah. Kind of awakens you as a soldier to, to your own mortality, yeah. you right. realize. And, yeah. and the, he couldn't think, you know, Bill could have ever got it. Yeah. There was nobody that could have got Bill. Yeah, and the dirty bastards couldn't get him mm -hmm. the, in a gunfight. Yeah, and they couldn't do it. Had to give him an IED. That's it. Yeah, and you know they it was a it was just a bad situation. So Riley, but uh, he went back over, you know, and like I said, he uh, he could uh, he's he 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 was satisfied when things got settled and uh, yeah. Then all he wanted to do was. Uh, go win the war yeah <laughs> what do you remember about in those in between times him coming home and you know getting to spend time with you uh, we um when he come home you know we spend a lot of time late nights together but Riley come home and um he partied yeah and we had party uh, he always tried to be home july 4th yeah and that was his and ken uh you know his brother uh, that was their that was their the Christmas is okay, and we had some good Christmas parties when he was home. But Fourth of July, we would have parties here, and half the town would be here. Wow. They would come in from all over. They'd come in from North Carolina. They would come in from you know Alaska. Uh, anybody that knew his home when we were having a party, uh, they were here. We uh, by the end of the night, there's people laying all over <laughs> and, listen trust me i've walked around the compound as i like to now call it <laughs> joanna and uh and you may call your home and it is an impressive space all the space devoted to building you know all these monuments to these incredible guys have gotten fantastic woodworking shop and you know kind of warehouse area back here where they build and you know you guys do all this for free you know and give it away and um, you know, pay amazing tribute to Riley, and you're, you're living that now. Um, of course, I'd like to talk more about that, but I want to go back to, to that, you know, to, to him. And so, you know, and, and when he came home, um, 
he brought his horses, mm-hmm. you know, his, uh, then I worked for a, a sand plant and we had 3000 acres and that was one of his favorite things to do was, uh, get his horses and he would, they'd go out in the sand plant and then it was Texas. Yeah. And, uh, and he'd ride, he'd ride his horses and. Other than that, uh, he partied yeah. real hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he had a good time. He huh? had a good time. He liked to party. Uh, yeah. There was one, and he knew that from the time he was got his driver's license, it was a deal that he would he would call me. Yeah. You know, he couldn't drink and drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that you know, I picked him up several times. I and I and I got with my grandsons. You know, it's it's you call me. I, I won't say a word. Right. Yeah. You know, I'll come and get you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just call me. So. Yeah. And he was home. Uh, it was one of his last. No, well, second time. The last he was home. And so I get a call at two in the morning. Uh-huh. And it's a. Uh, Granberry police. <laughs> Riley's laying in his, his, his truck. He took his keys. I mean, he knew he couldn't drive. Yeah. And so he threw his keys in the back of the truck. Uh-huh. And uh, he locked his doors and he went to sleep. Well, here comes the police, you know, the po- po- knocking on his window. Uh-huh. And so he's talking to, you know, the, the police. They weren't going to arrest him. I mean, you know, he was Riley. Yeah, yeah. And everybody, even then, Riley, they knew Riley. Everybody right. knew Riley. Seems like the whole area yeah. does. And, yeah. and they, yes, and they always had. Yeah. And uh, there were, he was their hero. Every, yeah. Everybody. You could talk to any of them. Yeah. So they called me, three in the morning. And so I went, for sure, I'll get out. And the officer said, uh, you know, this is, is this Riley's dad? I'm going, yeah. And he said, look, I can't let Riley drive. He yeah. said, he can't stay here because it's against law. Yeah. He said, you're going to have to get him. Yeah. So get him. So <laughs> here I fold into the nightclub in Granbury, and Riley's standing there. And he's, he's like, son of a bitch, he says. You know, here I am, four tours, Green Beret. Got to have my daddy come and get me. <laughs> <laughs> in that conference he was just died laughing <laughs> so he loaded up and, you know but that was a yeah, that's you know and he'd always Riley was always had someone with him yeah uh, if it was soldier civilian uh, uh, Riley there was something he seemed popular yeah and, and he always had to have somebody with him I yeah. mean that was um, he didn't he didn't want to be alone yeah mm-hmm. and so he brought some great soldiers home yeah and, and so, you know, and then Jimmy Wayne from North Carolina ended up being his uh his main his main main man. Yeah. You know? And he was a civilian, but uh, Jimmy he spent a lot of time with him and, and Jimmy was with him a lot and they 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 always bring the what they call it, uh, pumpkin pie home, you know, the it was moonshine and Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a moonshine like Yeah. A, yeah. yeah. And apple yeah. pie and mm-hmm. uh that was before they put all the other flavors, you know, and uh, yeah. And it was pretty wicked. Yeah. I mean that's uh, he always brought <laughs> three or four cases in his weapons home. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he got stopped once in, in Georgia coming home. Oh really? And him and Jimmy and Riley had bring he was gonna bring all of his weapons home and show his dad, you know. Yeah. And, uh, so this his truck was loaded right down. His engine blew in one of the towns in Georgia. Hmm. Police pulled, got there, and he, and luckily enough, he he was a retired SF. Oh, okay. And he's look, yes, and he's looking at Riley. He's going, you know, what the is wrong with you? Yeah. And Riley told him, well, he says, I want to take all my weapons and show my dad. Yeah. Well, 
you know, of course, the cop got it. I mean, you know, he's SF. Yeah. And so he stayed with him, and this is Riley could talk himself out of anything. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so Riley ran into the car, and they loaded them all up. And mm-hmm. The cop helped him load the moonshine, the, all the guns and ammo, and <laughs> loaded it all up. And he it was said, like a perfect know, Special Forces mix. <laughs> and and it, was, it was awesome. The car yeah. was just about dragging the ground when he got home. And, wow. You know, but that's Riley's life, and that's how. Yeah. He's that's proud how, to serve. And he was. He yeah. was real proud to serve. What do you, you know, you, you talked about it a lot, you know, in, in this past couple hours, but, you know, the the family aspect of being a Green Beret. And you talked about those guys on the team being, you know, his family and, you know, that being thicker than, you know, any blood, you right. know. What did that family, that special, and what does that special forces family mean to you now? Well, it, 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 it means... Well, it, it's just hard to describe. Yeah, and it, and it is. Uh, they have never left us, left us alone. Yeah. And, and you know, he used to bring soldiers home. You know, mm-hmm. and and few team, mm-hmm. but team. You know, it's but uh, after he was killed, uh, the team is just. Well, they just have. You know, it's been seven years. Yeah, and they have not left us. Wow. And new team, retired team. Uh, you know, they're just team. And Riley always told me, you know, and told us, Joanne and I, don't ever leave team. Yeah. And when we talked, we drank a lot of Crown. Mm-hmm. And it just always seems like it was over the full moon in the backyard. Him and I would sit back and we'd knock down a couple of bottles of Crown. And, mm-hmm. and, and he always expressed to me that uh, the team won't ever forget us. Yeah. And he said they're retired. He said active. They don't. They won't even have to know me. He said, "Dad, don't ever forget team." Yeah. And they have definitely not forgot us. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, we get calls and phone calls and letters and, uh, they just want to make sure that we're okay. Yeah. And and you know it's uh, and Riley always told me he said don't tell team anything you don't want, Dad. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and you know i i and i can see it's true now mm-hmm. you know because uh they, they would do anything for us yeah and uh you know and they're not there's there's such patriots i'm not talking anything bad I no mean, no yeah it's it's all good uh mm-hmm. whatever whatever we need uh it's just uh and when we go to when we go there um we still go to uh, to Pinehurst, yeah, Southern Pinehurst, Pines there. and then we yeah. go. Of course, we go on Bragg. Uh, we'd be in trouble if we didn't take the tour of Bragg. Yeah, and uh, they find out who we are, and uh, you know, and we aren't nobody. But no, that's not true. But when we're at Fort, I Bragg, refuse to hear that. And I but, refuse. You know, to hear at that, Fort yeah. Bragg, when they find out, they still mm-hmm. they go, "Oh wow, that is Riley's parents." Yeah, and they just they line up to shake our hands to hug us. Yeah. They should, and well, they they definitely do. Yeah, and so we're we're we uh we consider ourselves uh, SF. Yeah, you know we we are family. <laughs> Riley's quote, and we got you as you see, it's everywhere. You know, it's all about family. Yeah, and uh, Riley meant it, and you know, and again, as he explained, uh, family is not all blood. Yeah, you know, but it's 
all you know, about family. That's something that a lot of guys don't understand, you know, that, and, and I talk to about my civilian friends. One of the things that I want to convey to them most of all, you know, was something that I talked about to my, you know, marketing director, Blake, who's my best friend, was talking about how, you know, obviously you have problem children in your families, and we were discussing several of ours. But I was saying, you know, I said the one amazing thing is those fraternal experiences that I have with my brothers overseas. Those guys are the best guys I know. These guys I cover now are the best guys I know. These Green Berets, these, you know, Marines, soldiers, um, you know, that I cover are some of the best. The families, people like you, uh, people like, you know, Sherry Regalado, who I just had on the, she's, her podcast is up next. She's a gold star wife. You know, she lost her husband in 2008 at like 20 years old. And all of a sudden she's a single mom, you know, um, you know, those people are the best that experience, that experiential part of it's so important. It's not just the blood. It's that, you know, I was telling Blake that and Blake got it. You know, he's like, I said, man, these connections are the strongest for me. It's even stronger than blood. And you were able to understand that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, um, Without a doubt, yeah, we love them, and yeah. they're and as my wife calls them, they're our boys. Yeah, and we know, you know, uh, we we got some of the baddest boys in the world. Yeah, you do, <laughs> but they're our most boys. deadly for sure. And you know, and, and some we, of the kindest as and well. The though. kindest, yeah. oh, yeah. you know, um, it's uh, it's amazing when you watch these uh, men, like with kiddos. Uh, even when uh, when Riley got killed, of course we had. There's so many people here. But uh, there was one young man, he had a disability, uh, a really severe disability. And, but they knew that inside his head that everything was okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, that he, there wasn't nothing wrong with his mind, that he just had to get it out. And uh, three of them, I mean, they sat here in their project, they went right over to him. And they could have talked to anybody but they went over to this young man and they sat in the table with him and all three of them sat there and it took him all day to figure this man out young boy out wow. he was probably 14 and by the end of the evening they figured out he liked punk music mm -hmm. and and uh, they had their their tablets of the day going and they were communicating with this young man wow and they could have done anything, but they stayed with him all day long, and uh, they, it was it was just remarkable. And they took that time to get to know him. Yeah. Yes, and they didn't and, have to do that. No, but they did it, and they did it, and they wanted to. And they, you know that young man, uh, I'm sure that was for him. It was definitely life changing, and his uh, uncle was just just blown away. Uh, you know, his uncle, wow. he was raised with Riley and played football with Riley and everything. And so, but that, that young, but his uncle was just, you know, nobody, doctors, nobody hmm. got to that young man and they did it in one day. Wow. You know, that reminds me of is like anytime I have an event or I've had any galleries or anything for the veterans project is like my buddy, Nate, he's green beret. And, he will always, it's like, if you want to look for Nate, you'll find him with the person that people in the room consider the least important. Right. You'll find him hanging out with that person. You'll be at this gallery at like Sundance and he'll be over talking to like a, a cocktail waiter, you know, yeah. and like asking him about where he's from and like how he grew up and all that. He wants to know that guy. Yeah. And that's, and that was another thing, Riley in school. And I, you know, it's cliche, but 
Riley did always stuck up for whoever the bullies that was being bullied upon. Wow. And it didn't matter. Uh, you know, it just didn't matter. Riley was there. And when I got a call from, yeah, I got a, several calls from school. But, <laughs> you got calls yeah. about Riley? What? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, I, and but I, I was, half of them were that he knocked the crap out of somebody because mm-hmm. they were picking on somebody. Oh, that's what I believed you were going to say. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, and it was, and everybody in school I'd going in, the principal would go, Mick. You know, Mr. Carroll was his name. I still call him Mr. Carroll. Mm-hmm. And he'd say, um, you're not going to like this. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, well, what happened? <laughs> and, you know, he'd say, well, you know, them guys went over there and they were picking on so-and-so and Riley went over and he beat them all up. Mm-hmm. And I'd go, and? <laughs> you know, he said, well, you know, we're going to have to punish him. And I said, well, okay. And I'd turn to Riley and I'd say, you know, Back to the buses, because the biggest thing was they made them wash buses. Mm. You know, they just yeah. they, they didn't kick them out of school or nothing, but labor. Yeah. And I said, Riley, you know, you know what you're going to have to do? And he'd, yep. You know, he'd go over, and we'd go there, and we'd both go wash buses. <laughs> you know, because he had to get the buses washed and stuff yeah. in that instance. I but, think it's a problem. That, I think it's a real problem that we vilified that type of activity. Yeah. Defending someone. And, and it, it yeah. never... It never got to him. Yeah, he didn't care. It wasn't going to stop him. No, it did not stop him. You know, there yeah. was one time that uh, four of his buddies, where well, they weren't his buddies at that time, but they jumped on him at school because they were going to get him. Yeah. And he come home, and he's, he's pretty beat up. Yeah. And I said, but you got to love Toler. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started calling the parents, you know. I said, here we go. And I said, I'm going to bring Riley over, and we're going to let them boys go in the back uh, yard. Mm-hmm. And one on one, I someone to visit all four of them. Yeah, and even the dads, I'd go over and tell them what happened. They told them, "All right, the kids, the kiddos are going." I mean, it was probably seventh grade. Yeah, kiddos are going, "No, no," and the, all the daddies going, "Oh yeah." Even the mamas going, "Oh yeah." <laughs> yeah, you're you, gonna duke it out. Yeah. You wanted some of Riley with the bunch of you. Well, yeah. here, you go back and Riley go back. You know, whoop them all, and then they become. Friends. Friends. Good friends. Really yeah. really tight friends. Wow. That's the most Texas story I've ever heard. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I that, love it. <laughs> that's Toler, Texas, mm-hmm. with, without a doubt. Uh, you know, what's amazing is how um, I met you was, you know, Matt um, had contacted me uh, about you. And uh, he'd seen that I was in around Toler. He said, he said, you know, and he'd followed the Veterans Project for a while. He's like, he's like, the heck are you doing in toler texas man i said bro that's my my best friend lives here my marketing director he was like what out of all the places i said yeah man he lives in toler i said i don't know much about this town except there's like one stoplight (laughs) he said i could tell you something way more cool about this town than that stoplight and he told me that story and i was like oh my gosh and then told me about the vfw being renamed after your son and i was like just blown away by that story and i said um, this was, and this was, you know, shame on me for this, but this was about a year and a half ago. They first told me and, you know, I'd just been traveling ever since. And I came back through and I said, Matt, whatever, whatever happened to Mick? He said, well, Mick's there. His wife's there. What are you doing? And I said, man, I want to meet him. I want to meet him really badly. And I said, would he be up for meeting me? You know, cause you never know. I don't know going into a lot of these situations. It's very sensitive for me right? because... Having, you know, known guys I've lost and guys in San Antonio in the area that have been killed, 
I'm always very sensitive around the parents. It's very hard for a veteran to go back to the parents very often, you know, and, and, you know, deal with that loss because it's in your face, you know, it's all of a sudden it's right there again. Cause you're reminded of it every day. That was your friend. That was your buddy, your pal. And you see the continuous, you know, pain that the parents live with and having to take that sacrifice on every day. It's tough. So then like explain that to Matt and Matt's like, Oh no, I think he'd meet you. He's pretty, he's pretty proud of Riley and I'm sure he'd be proud to talk to you. Just meeting you is like, Oh my gosh, all the connections. And then to be in Toler, Texas and lines of Kandahar was the first book I ever read about Iraq or Afghanistan. Just wild. So it's an honor to be here. I appreciate that. We're honored to have you. We're honored to have all of our vets here. Yeah. Well, I, I could see that, you know, and you formed a great family. Uh, here through that and uh, you know you're experiencing that every day you know I, and I want I want to go back though and talk about that you know day of course and Riley and you know and, and finding out you know obviously as a father that you lost him what do you what do you remember in particular leading up to that day and, and talking to Riley well Riley and I was skyped uh, whenever we could but at 10 p.m. my time Riley always told me, you know, if I if I can get a hold of you, it's going to be between ten and eleven. So everybody at work they knew that, uh, and I was a supervisor there, but they knew that. And better no reason to call that bothered me between ten and eleven. That was your Riley and, time. That was Riley time, and everybody made sure. Everybody at work they they loved Riley. Also, Riley would always visit work when he come home. Yeah, go harass everybody and make fun of me. So, <laughs> in front of them, so they could all, you know, as a good son does. Yeah. Yes, yes, and uh, make fun of the boss man. Yeah. Absolutely, and so that. But that night, Riley got home. Uh, Riley got home. Riley, he, he skyped me at ten o'clock. He came right on, and man, he was, he was dirty and sweaty and sooty and whatever else you could talk about and. He had just been out for 18 hours or so, and uh, they were out trying to get, uh, they were blowing our choppers out of the, out of the air, and uh, so they were out hunting them. Mm. And he got back, and um, but he told me, he says, Daddy, says, he's, first of all, I said, hey, he said, I got a briefing that in 20 minutes. Don't let me go to sleep. And I said, all right. And so sure enough, I let him go to sleep. I sat there and watched him on the, t- on the monitor. And in 20 minutes, I woke him up. You know, and I said, Probably, you got to go. And man, what, you know, what the F, Dad? And I said, no, no, no. I said, it's 20 minutes. You needed a little rest. And so mm-hmm. he said, all right. I said, now, tomorrow at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, he said, be by your computer. He said, I'm going to call you. He said, well, I'm going to get a night's sleep. And so... Then he went on, and so then uh, I was there, at, and I was there at that morning, and he was all freshed and 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 looking like the Green Beret he was. And, yeah. And he said to me, he says, "Daddy said, um, they have stopped our air support." And he said, "I haven't." And mind you, this is eighteen days after Benghazi. Yeah. And he said, "We have no air support," and he said, um, "Most of my commandos there are cowards." He said, "This is, this is a hard fought." He said, "And I and I don't mind everybody knowing this part that uh, he said. You know, he said, I want you to know. He said that I'm not fighting for my government right now. Mm-hmm. He said I'm fighting for my brothers. Yeah. He said it's all about my brothers, and he said that's we're fighting for each other to stay alive. 
And uh, so, and he's pretty direct. And so we talked, and we said other things, you know, other things were said. Yeah. But uh, so, and he told me goodbye, and he told me he loved me, mm-hmm. and he thanked me. For uh, raising him that the man he is. And it, he knew that but he uh, I'm sorry, but no, he knew that that, that was probably our our last time we were going to talk, yeah, and like a lot of a lot of soldiers, they know when their end is near, mm-hmm. and so that was the last time, yeah. But uh, I guess those are tears to be proud of over a great man. I know that can't. I can't imagine how tough that is. But about twelve hours later, I guess it was. Uh, the green car showed up, and Joanne was here alone. I was at work. Yeah. And of course, they they wouldn't talk. They just waited for you. Waited for me. They I uh, they told her that. Ask her if she could get a hold of me, and they waited out in the car. And so that's once Joanne told me that um, the green car was here. But then after that, um, it, it all. Um, then I had to do uh, what uh, was expected. And uh, Riley had told me um, several occasions <laughs> of what I would do. Yeah. And he had his list. And he gave me, of course, I'm sure you wrote one too, but, uh, you know, he, he gave me a letter every every deployment, and we kept them all. Didn't open them, and we still haven't opened the others. Wow. We only opened the one. Yeah. And he said, uh, you know, when they're there at, at the door, Dad, he says, uh, and then he said, it's not about me no more. Mm. He said, it's about my brothers. Wow. And he said, so you're going to have to step up. Yeah. And so, but we had talked about uh, what I would do before that. Uh, uh, it was it's heavy conversations. And, you know, yeah. he told me I'd talk over his casket. I would make sure he wasn't buried in military uh Clothes that he wanted to be in his uh, Western clothes and his his boots and his hat. <laughs> True Texan. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we uh, made sure all that happened, and um, you know, hopefully, uh, and he and he told me that uh, never to mourn. He said, "Never mourn me." Mm-hmm. You know, he said, "Celebrate it." Yeah. He said. Whatever my KIA date is, he says, you damn well better have a party. <laughs> and so I bet you do. <laughs> and so we did. And I want to uh, be here for the next one. <laughs> absolutely. You'll be invited. You know, it'll be next year. It'll be yeah. the rock. Yeah. And uh, so that's, uh, you know, we do have a party, and uh, some don't understand it. Uh, uh, we're different gold stars. Mm-hmm. 
and I know there's a lot more out there like me, but there's a lot more that, uh, and uh, there's uh, nothing, nothing bad. I mean, everybody's got to handle their grief differently. Grief yeah. differently. I remember this scene from, um, I was watching, this was again before I had left Iraq, but I was watching this scene from uh, Inside the Green Berets or something like that. It was some National Geographic special. And one of their guys had just been, it was, I think, fifth group. One of their guys had just been killed in Afghanistan. And uh, it was like Firebase Anaconda or something like that. And all, it's a small patrol base. And they're all sitting in the main room. And they're like, all right, you know, and then, you know, for lack of a better name, I think it was John, but they said, you know, John passed away last night, and uh, we're thankful for his sacrifice. And they said, you know, toast. And they brought up their waters, you know, and they, they all toasted, you know, and I'm sure they had other drinks off camera. Um, but, you know, but they said toast, and they said, all right, boys, mission's at 2100. Get a little rest. Time to go out. I was just like, oh, my gosh. And, you know, that is – and. True to Riley, yeah. That is what. Um, well, I told Mike's wife, and um, I don't know if it was Sean's wife, but it was Mike's wife. Uh, they got a hold of me on the phone, and you know they were trying to help me as much as they could on the phone. And uh, Joanne, my wife, and I, and I told them then. I said, you know, you tell them that uh, not to be grieving, mm-hmm. that to, to get back out there. Yeah and fight that war and when they get home you know they can get up with me and we'll talk about it then but uh you get it because of riley and that's how riley wanted it yeah you know because if you're grieving you're not paying attention to the job yeah and so that was uh the and that's how we are and we're privileged Mm -hmm. uh because we have uh the sf boys green beret and uh Chris, he's my like my son now, and Joanne's son, and Rich, and mm-hmm. uh, Mike, and uh, you know Sean, and we're still in contact with Sean, and uh, yeah, and uh, Chris, of course, all of them, uh, they just all of them, they just they're they are definitely family, and um, it's special to have that sense of family, and, and it though. really is. Uh, and you know, I had uh, Riley for thirty nine years. Yeah. A lot of these gold stars didn't have their kiddos for 19 years, and they hadn't talked to them for a year before because yeah. they were over there. And I talked to Riley, and I, you know, every day. Yeah. And being that he was who he was, he is, I don't know if he was supposed to be on a phone. <laughs> you know, but he was. But he found a way. But he found a way that, you know, he yeah. always, he'd call me, we'd get, you know, it was all odd times, you know, on the phone. And, uh, you know, it's um, even through that battle in Spirangar, uh, you know, he how he got that phone, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, and Rusty, we don't ask questions. We don't ask. You know, Rusty <laughs> just smiles when he hears about the things that I knew about. Yeah. You know, and some of the conversations were five minutes, some of them were ten minutes, you know. But, uh, yeah. uh, you know, when I read the book, you know, I was, wow, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that was before I knew Riley, about this book. Yeah, and that was before Riley was killed. So yeah, you know that. Uh, you know, and I, wow, yeah, I remember that, and I mm-hmm. remember that, and you know, and uh, there was one time when, you know, I heard tink tink tink, and it went went silent. Mm-hmm. You know, about four hours later, Riley called me, you know, coming back. 
wow, dude, you got to, wow, yeah, that was awesome. You know what I mean? He's talking, you know. <laughs> you know. Something that most human beings cannot understand or right. fathom. Yeah. And, you know, they just, uh, he just went through, you know, he, and Riley wasn't a religious person by far. Mm-hmm. But uh, when Riley come home from, in 2006, Riley knew there was a higher being. And, yeah. and he knew that, like, in that battle, that the, the Lord was with him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, of course, Bill wasn't killed until after that battle. Yeah. And uh, that, so, Can you speak a little bit on that for those that don't understand, too? What kind of, you know, those who haven't read the book, that was a very, a very intense, momentous. Yeah. You know, you take uh, three teams, a Green Beret and their commandos, Mm-hmm. And which uh, it ended up to be about forty of them, yeah. And uh, the Canadians were going down the valley, and they were going to do a cleanup. And the whole deal was the way I understand it was that uh, that they were going to tell them they were going to go into Kandahar, and literally behead all the Christians. Wow! And you know, take them out. Yeah. And. And that was going to be the turn of the war, the turn of the tide, because there were. And so the boys were on a mountain up above to make it short, and it was from up there. You know, it was it was a hard fought to get to where it was, but they were watching. They seen what was happening, mm-hmm. and so they told their commanders that uh, they were going to go in and help. And uh, after enough persuasion, the the whole the whole battle was them getting to the battle but uh the 40 or 50 of them that was there they took on 1400 wow and uh they just they spearheaded right through it mm-hmm. and uh it was a three-day battle and uh you know the enemy was 20 foot away and there was you know hundreds yeah and uh, people, if you hadn't read the book, you need to go get that book yeah. <laughs> because it, it's a hell I'll of a battle. I'll confirm that. Yeah, it's, it's the a first hell I read. Battle. Yeah. And, uh, and, and like Riley said, the Lord was uh, was there. And they were not supposed to lose. And the Canadians weren't supposed to because Canadians were taking heavy casualty. Yeah. And uh, they weren't. And so because of our boys, they saved that company. Yeah. And the Canadians knew it. And yeah. I, I was talking the other day, uh, back in the day when fracking first started, they didn't have enough drivers and trucks, so they shipped in Canadians in their trucks mm-hmm. uh, by Tri- Trimac was their name, uh, the company. And uh, they're Canadian. They were all Canadians, and they knew just by my name, and somebody had told them, well, that's Riley Stevens' dad. And this was like, oh, four months after the battle. Before the book, before you know, he before they got home, yeah, and they knew who I, who Riley was. They knew who Bill was, and they knew. I mean, they you know, they they knew the team, and they they knew they saved their countrymen, and they end up uh, signing me a Canadian flag before they left. Wow, yeah, I mean it was that's it, cool. Yes, yes, I didn't know how because Riley wouldn't. He just said, "Yeah, Dad, we were in one hell of a battle." But I didn't realize the intensity until everybody else told me. Yeah. And then he come home. Mm. And when he come home, then we went to one of the soldiers that he helped save. Mm-hmm. You know, we walked into the hospital in Bragg, 
And there was his wife and his children and him with a big gaping hole in his leg. And he was in tears and rusty. And his commander was there. And, I mean, they were all, they threw the stuff off the walls and they put up maps and, you know, wow, this route is dead. <laughs> you know, let me show you what the battle was. And, yeah. And the wife comes up to, you know, Riley and hugs him and tells the kids, you know, this is, he is the reason that your daddy's alive today. Man. And, you know, this is... Uh, how proud are you as a father uh, in that I was, moment? I mean, you, you had just, a lot of moments of pride, but that. Right. Right but there, that was, yeah. you know, that, it showed me who he really was. You know, I knew who he was, <laughs> but I mean, and he, you know, he was like, gosh, you know, kicking his feet. No, we didn't, I didn't do nothing, you know. And, uh, <laughs> Looking down at his feet. As yeah, <laughs> literally. I didn't do know, much. I didn't yeah. do much. You know, I'd done my job. And, but that's how they feel. Yeah. And I'm sure all of, all of you of warriors, you, you did your job. And yeah, but those, especially in the examples of Green Berets like Riley, yeah. their job is to be heroic. Right. Something that regular average civilians look at and go, oh, no, I, there's no way. Are you kidding me? For I mean, you're talking about, you know, odds like that of 40 to 50 to 1,400. You're yeah. saying, nope, I don't want that. Yeah. Green Berets are going, cool, cool. let's yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. Where else would this happen? Yeah. You know, the Aussies, though. One of the benefits that I was at, and uh, uh, a team, they come in, and uh, they give me a little statue that I showed you, and they give me a fifth of scotch, and, mm-hmm. and a, they give between me and Maggie, Mike Dunkson's uh, uh, Gold Star wife, they give us a print, and it was of them, and uh, they said, you're going to have to share the print. We couldn't get but one, but we end up, that's turned over to the organization. Wow. But it was uh, because they said, you know, they were they were down and pinned, and all of a sudden this big son come in, and he just was firing and going forward and giving the time they needed to mm-hmm. get it together. And they said, you know, good possibility without him, none of us would have been here. Wow. And you know, they came here to talk to me and Maggie, and and yeah, and there's there's a story out there that you can Google, but uh, mm-hmm. one of Riley's uh, friends, his high school friends. Yeah. And I believe Riley was a ranger at that time. Yeah. And there were places where they shouldn't be. <laughs> and uh, Dwayne was, they were they were pinned down, and he had one of his his battle bodies, you know, was dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, he thought it in uh, he thought it was it. Yeah. And Riley did. No, uh, this uh, friend of his did. Okay. And he said, you know, we were in a in a foxhole, so called. Mm-hmm. And he said, "We're he said we're done. We're mm-hmm. we're getting overrun." And he said, and all of a sudden, he says, "You know, the the explosions, the choppers." The he says, "But I look up." And he said, "I seen this." And again, the explicit. But he said, "I seen this big son of a bitch." Mm-hmm. And he jumps down in the hole, and he's fire, and he jumps down in the hole with me. And he said, "It was Riley. Mm-hmm. He hadn't seen Riley since graduation." Wow. And he said, Riley didn't even flinch. He turned around and looked, and he said, hey, he said, you can't fight this war from here or this <laughs> battle from here. And he helped grab his buddy, and um, they took him to a chopper and wow. uh, put his friend on the chopper, and he helped Dwayne, you know, this old boy into the chopper. And uh, they said, hey, come on, let's go. And Riley said, no. Nah. he said, we ain't done. Mm. And he, that was the last he seen Riley. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. What a legacy. Yeah. I mean that that's all a, that's all a warrior can hope for. And that's uh you know yeah. 
and Raleigh explained to me how if if he died, how he would want to die, and uh, you know that was uh, he died exactly how a Green Beret would want to die if yeah. he had to die. You know, right. He was, yeah. He died within twenty seconds, and he was protecting his brothers. Yeah. And he was fighting with them. Wow. What and a I, testament. And and you know that's and I think about that and mm. being a gold star, <clears throat> and that's what uh, again. You know, that's where I went to is 39 years. I had, we had, but I had Riley for 39 years, and uh, I literally had him for 39 years. Yeah. You know, he called his daddy for good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he was a kid, he called me good and bad, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was, uh, how awesome. You how can awesome. hear how much, you can hear how much love he had for you, though, because, yeah. you know, he's calling you every day, and he's, you know, always with his dad on the phone. Yeah. He loved you a lot. And he told everybody. Yeah. And everybody knew Mick. That's it. Yeah. And you know, that's his um Facebook. You know, of course he didn't put his picture. It was he uh used the uh Crusader. Yeah. And uh, they called him Mick's son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they'd say, Well, why you know, well, why Mick's son? And yeah. he says, Because I want the whole effing world to know who I am. <laughs> and you know, he used to tell everybody that. I'm Mick's son. Yeah. You know uh, how awesome is that? That's amazing, know? yeah. And we got mad at each other, and he, but we never, never left. That never left that we didn't say we love each other. Yeah, you know, in the hug, and uh, you know that's uh, it's two tough guys. It happens. Yeah, yeah, because you're gonna <laughs> you're you gonna know, spare a little bet, bit. Two, two two hard Texans. You bet. Two bull, yeah. bulls in a china cow. <laughs> you know? It's gonna happen, and it, and it did. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it didn't matter. He'd be so mad at me that he spit fire. Mm-hmm. And look at me and say, "Well, I love you." <laughs> out the door here to go. You know, <laughs> and, you were and, lucky to be on that side of things. Right? Yeah, and others and, were not. <laughs> but he never left. Left that we weren't mm. on the same plane, right? You know, or plane. That's yeah, uh, when when the last I hugged got him was in Fort in uh, Fayetteville at the airport. Yeah, and we just come back from Spartan Run and mm-hmm. we got kicked out of a bar in Virginia <laughs> with the team. And I mean, we had a classic hell of, way to go. It was. We had a hell of a weekend. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know that was. Um, and he knew, you know, when we give our last hug there, it was Dad. Mm-hmm. Remember this. Wow. And yeah. He looked me in the eyes and remember this. Man. And you know, I smelled him. Mm-hmm. And I can smell them today. I'm sure you can. And, uh, yeah. You know, just. Powerful experience. It really was. And, you know, it was. And one day, you know, and which everybody knows, I'm going to open my eyes and he's going to say, hey, old man, where you been? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I truly You're believe. You're going to get that. to see him again. Yeah. Without a doubt. I don't just believe it. I know it. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. we all do. Yes. And, you know, he's with Bill and he's with Mike and. Yeah. All incredible men. You know, all incredible yeah. men. Yeah. And Leanne, mm-hmm. and he's in Leanne. Yeah. And Leanne is uh, Joanne's daughter, and mm-hmm. she died uh, several years ago. Mm. And You'll get to see them again, yeah. though. That's awesome. Yeah. And they were real close. Yeah. And that was, he was, uh, and, you know, he always talked about looking forward to that. Yeah. Wow, you know, seeing his his grandpa and Leanne, and mm-hmm. and he had a little brother, and uh, and uh, we always that was you know he was his guardian angel. Yeah, 
That's awesome. He sounds like an incredible guy. It sounds like you you had him in 39 years, an absolute warrior, and he he went out like a warrior going home. And he did. Mm-hmm. Makes me think of that Tecumseh speech. You know, did you hear that one? If you, if you, okay, I'm going to quote it and then I'm going to mess it up. It's like, if you die, don't cry. Die singing your battle song. Die like a warrior going home. Yes. That's Tecumseh. But that sure. that was like something that the seals would use is like right. their cry, you know, their battle cry. But I think that's powerful. And I think, you know, you talked about Riley wanting to go out that way. That says and, a lot about the man. And I have his iPad and uh, the his one they took to war. Yeah. You know, you, of course, we got his iPad that he's home with. And mm-hmm. I, I have his iPad that he had. that uh, some of his, of course, team tell me that when he used to lay down, he'd put his ears on and... Yeah, going into battle, he would lay down in the chopper and go dead asleep. Wow! <laughs> and you know they'd wake him up when they get there, but he'd be listening to. I don't even know their names. Uh, you know, it's a Scottish type music, but it's head banging music. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just the flogging Molly, and, maybe. And, yeah, mm. and, and it was just it was you know you listened to it and it was like mm-hmm. you were in. Uh, an artillery battle or yeah. something. <laughs> and they'd say, you know, that they, they'd get there and they'd, they'd land or whatever, however they de- dismounted and yeah. they'd wake him up. He'd wake up and let's do this. Yeah. And he would be in his glory. You know, sir, I'd, I'd tell you this. I would love to have, you know, done a veterans project on Riley, but it's just as much of a privilege to hear his story through you. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. What, uh, you know, so you, you talked about living for legacy and, you know, in, in him telling you, you know, this is it. Now it's up to you. You know, it's going to be up to you. Right. Can you mm-hmm. talk about a little bit about what you and Joanne have done since, um, you know, since losing him? Well, and a little bit about Riley's and, run. Yeah. Well. Right away, of course, everybody sends you money because uh, they don't know what to do. Yeah. You know, so you get money. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and of course, the money that we got. The money that we got, we weren't going to spend. Right. Uh, you know, that that is just not what we do. So we immediately, we said, you know what? Riley loved his school. Mm-hmm. And let's let's do scholarships. And we we tried to, you know. Which tra- is Toller High School, right? Toller High School. Yeah. And uh, trade school, if uh, the ones that wanted to trade school. but And uh, so we thought, well, one, we'll, we'll just give this for we, I don't know how much money we give the first year that we got. We give everything to scholarships and around $3,000. And uh, then we thought, you know what? Let's not stop this. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, so let's let's have a run. Mm. And so we started uh, the Riley Run. And uh, we and everybody else, I mean, his the friends, the everybody. And the first one is uh, – it was – it just blew us away because we were thinking, yeah, maybe we'll get about 40 people. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, just, you know, 300 people showed up. Wow. And then his team came in, and the team that he was with when he died came in. And, uh, we, you know, it was just just awesome. Yeah. And uh, so we carried that on for five years. Mm-hmm. And um, then came time that, like everything, you know, is, is coming to an end. Yeah, and uh, so now, uh, and and again, uh, as not to diminish anything, uh, it, the, it was awesome. We give out fifty six 
$56,000 in scholarships. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were able to get the kiddos that were just starting junior high and uh, whether, I guess, or eighth grade and got them all the way through school helping them. And them kiddos we were able to give scholarships to. Mm-hmm. And our last year was the kiddos that were graduating with those scholarships. Wow. What a feeling. And it, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in like a dual credit, we have dual credit here. So while they were in school, we were right. able to help these kiddos through anonymous. Uh, so they were able to get their college credits in school. I mean, it, it was all a, it was a big deal for us. And that's amazing. And, and it worked out real well. And then, all through the life of a tremendous sacrifice. Absolutely. Yeah. And then so the VFW, they came along, and they uh, Riley loved the VFW. Riley and I got smashed many times at the VFW. <laughs> Shout out to the Toller VFW. Amen. You know, <laughs> Named after Riley. Right. Now, now yeah. it's uh, Riley Stevens Memorial Post mm-hmm. 7835. Which is amazing. And uh, Joanne, she can testify because she had to come and get us each time. We'd go in there, and <laughs> if Riley and I would come in there... We we never left Silver because there was uh, thirty drinks always. I mean, they, they just yeah. everybody they knew we drank Crown, mm-hmm. and so and that is an old school VFW. Yeah, too. and it's an old you get school those Vietnam boys. You there. bet. Mm-hmm. And we would get smashed, and they would the waitress she'd have our keys. She'd come on, give me the keys. <laughs> yeah, she'd call up Joanne. And she'd say, "Yep, the boys are ready," and you know we'd be. Hugging each she other. She knew. Yeah. And uh, we played shuffle. They had a shuffleboard down. And we played shuffleboard and get drunk and everybody. Uh, so we decided to, uh, and Ken, my youngest, he's a 20-year uh, vet in mm-hmm. Iraq. And he was a hell of a soldier himself. Mm. And uh, so we were talking and we, we started a ruck for the awareness of 22 a few years ago. Right. And we hadn't really involved it in into what it's evolving to now so now we do ruck forward mm. through the vfw okay and on riley's birthday uh riley's kia date so that's where we're gonna have, last this year we had the party there mm. and uh it it really turned out i mean our other rucks we were it, lots of honor a lot of respect don't get me wrong but it was like 25 30 people yeah and no you know then this year we done a 22 and a 5k ruck from the VFW into in Granbury and back to the VFW. We had uh, about 80 ruckers, but we had man, there was hundreds of people that participated. Uh, yeah. And then we had the party that night, and we had music and bands and other people come in. We fed every. We love feeding people. <laughs> we love feeding people. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, I believe that by that grill I saw back. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> and so, you know, so next year we're going to do it again. We're going to have, and what we did is uh, the local Veterans Relief Fund through the VFW had been depleted. Yeah. And so, as you know, oh, you got to have a mission. Right. And our mission was the the fund. Yeah. And through all of our awesome sponsors that sponsored us through the Riley Run, these people don't even, they don't even hesitate we walk in they go oh wow how can we help you yeah we don't even have to ask them uh, all of them that's awesome and so we were able to raise i don't know around nine thousand dollars 
Wow. You know, on that one ruck, and it, that helped. And we give the local fire department 25%. And, man, you know, that way it helped the fire department. But they, they're they all of his brothers also. I mean, they've known him as, old, you know, they were all, now they're 49 year old men, you know, yeah. 48. But yeah. the community is, uh, is, uh, is just awesome. Seems tremendous out here. And um, they, you know, where, where can, people go if they want to support that you know that you know I think they can still go to uh, ruck forward mm-hmm. on facebook okay uh, we're still on facebook yeah uh, i believe we are yeah <laughs> uh you know it's we're going a, to say that they are we're going to say they are <laughs> but uh and if you if you it, don't the, if it's not right then you can always contact me at a later date and then I'll get you yeah, up there. And in the in the Granberry the VFW, you know, seventy eight thirty five. Yeah. Uh, Riley Stevens Memorial yeah, Post. Yeah. That's and they hard would, to miss. Yes. And they would definitely get in contact with us. Yeah. Awesome. You know, and, and we're gonna we're gonna be Yeah, and if they ever did want to send anything, it'd have to, uh, you know, it, it's it's ruck forward, but everything is everything we do now is made out to the VFW, right? Because we don't want the mm-hmm. we don't want the cash, right? We want it to go to the VFW, yeah. And uh, but next year, um, September the the last weekend of September, because uh, Ki Day is uh, his K is nine twenty eight, right? And we will have the party and the ruck and uh, the get together on that weekend. It's mm, awesome. Yes, and uh, next we have people now. They're getting a hold of us. We were debating whether to have the ruck. Maybe we just have a little party. Well, that didn't work. <laughs> Turned into a big old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody. The other people's they're wanting to continue it and would like to to grow and uh, so. We're going to work through the VFW and ruck forward. That's awesome. And, uh, it weren't. It's not a 40, 80-pound pack ruck unless you want to personally yeah. abuse yourself. Yeah. You know, uh, we some of those green berets probably, and yeah. and they do this year. <laughs> yeah. This year, uh, one of the, one of the soldiers, he was a peacetime soldier, mm. and he felt bad because he's a peacetime soldier. Well, he he two car batteries and four uh, weight bells he was carrying all the way through this and he was running mm. and he'd run and because we're through ours we do we don't have winners in that you know yeah, right and, you know we all gather and it's all a lot of respect and uh, this old boy would run up and he would stop mm-hmm. and wait for it but he'd run up stop and you know it was it was his way of giving back and proving to all the warriors that he gets it right yeah, and we had uh, you know uh, Riley's team here, uh, some of his team here, and uh, they wouldn't have it any other way. Rich, he comes in ox, mm-hmm. you know, it's, he looks right at Joy and I, Dad and Mom. What are we going to do next year? Yeah. <laughs> What's the date? Yeah, and uh, you know Chris and uh, they just would not have it any other way. Uh, you know, what are we going to do? Yeah, that's amazing. Yes, and so we're going to do the ruck forward. Yeah, that's great. What what would you like for those the those that don't know Riley or didn't know him? You know what what would you like to for them to know most about who he was? You know, uh, cliche, but what a soldier he was, and how much he loved his country and his family. Yeah. And and again, as we have 
explained family is not always blood. Right. And he he loved his you know he and he what a soldier he was. Yeah. And it was all about his country. Mm. And uh, and it, at the end, it was all about his team. Yeah. Wow. And that that he did always defend the underdog. Yeah. Through school, through. And Riley would give you his last dollar. Yeah. And and he would. He seemed like that kind yeah. of guy. Yeah. yeah. He had no problem. He he just whatever you needed. Yeah. As long as you weren't a slouch. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't gonna get it if you if you if 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 you're a, if he just didn't give it away. You know. Yeah. You, you had to be earning it. He sounded like the embodiment of what we all know and want for everyone to know about Texas right? and being a Green Beret. And that together uh, is the ultimate Texas. And like Rusty, you know, Rusty from uh, Rusty said that he, he told me and well, he put it in the book. He said he... He would rather fight with no other one than a Texan because <laughs> a Texan, they never go back. They, yeah. they don't understand going back or turning around. It's forward. No retreat. It's always No forward. retreat. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. Uh, and that is pretty much the way it is. Yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, that's awesome. And the, his nephews and everybody, they're, they're proven. And Ken, mm-hmm. uh, you know, his boys. Uh, yeah. It's awesome. And, yeah. Well, I just wanted to say um, that it's been an absolute privilege to be here and spend this time with you. And I want to thank you for coming on the podcast because I know how you know difficult this can be talking about your son. It's obviously your son. You know, I can't imagine you know my father you know losing me and what he'd have to deal with um, you know through that. And so it's amazing what you're doing and carrying his legacy forward. And I think it's absolutely incredible that, you know, he had those deep, hard discussions with you because that probably made it a little bit easier when, you know, knowing that that's what. Oh, it made it a whole lot easier. Yeah. And, and again, that's what uh, we say about the, you know, we love our gold stars, mm-hmm. you know, but we're, yeah. as SF is a different breed. Yeah. And the, the Grand Beret, we're, we're a different breed. Yeah. Well, we're proud of you. We are. And, uh, yeah, anybody that's uh, listening to this, again, that's, you know, going to be Ruck Forward on Facebook. Um, you know, you can get in personal contact with uh, me, and I'll talk to Mick, and, you know, we'll, we'll lead you to the right place uh, to, to help out with this in any way that you can. Um, but, and we want to come and join us next yeah, year. Yeah, come and yeah. join. Yeah, that's what we want them to do. We want them to come and Ruck with us and party with us yeah. that night. If you don't come rock and party with us, you're not going to be my favorite followers of the Veterans Project. <laughs> I just threw that out there. And you're <laughs> missing sure. a lot. Yeah, you're missing you're, a lot. You're yeah. missing a lot. Because I'm going to be there, too. Absolutely. And I can't wait to go. And Mick and Joanne are way cooler than me. So you're going to have a good time. <laughs> so, Mick, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, Mick. And uh, don't forget that our legacies are the mission. This has been the Veterans Project Podcast with our founder, Tim Kay. Check us out at www.thevetsproject.com, on Instagram at The Veterans Project, Facebook, The Veterans Project, and Twitter at Project underscore Veteran. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, our legacies are the mission.